Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 Following ceasefire talks on Sunday, January 28th, involving Israel, the United States, Qatar, and Egypt, Israel stated that, quote, significant gaps persist in the negotiations. Despite this, the talks were deemed constructive, and there are tentative signs of, part of progress. The parties are committed to continuing discussions in the coming week. The potential agreement could involve Israel temporarily halting military operations against Hamas in exchange for the release of the remaining hostages. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant acknowledged ongoing negotiations for hostage releases, emphasizing that while negotiations proceed, Military pressure will be intensified as long as hostages remain in Gaza. Israel's military reported engaging in, quote, intensive battles in Khan Yunis, noting the elimination of terrorists and the discovery of significant weapons caches. The Jerusalem Post has reported that there is a possibility that Hamas's top leadership, along with hostages, may be located in central Gaza, not limited to southern Gaza and Khan Yunis, as previously believed by the defense establishment for the past few months. With central Gaza emerging as a recent focus for the IDF, questions have, have arisen about whether the military overlooked the idea that key Hamas figures and hostages might be present in this region. There is speculation on whether this information was known but deliberately kept confidential, with the focus initially placed on northern Gaza and then shifted to Khan Yunis. Israeli intelligence assesses that some 10%, roughly 1,200 of the UNRWA's 12,000 employees in Gaza have ties to terror organizations. In addition to at least 12 employees, it says, were directly involved in the October 7th terror onslaught in southern Israel. The report further stated that around 50% of the UN agency's employees in Gaza have at least one close relative with ties to the terror groups. Thus far, nine countries have paused future funding to the UNRWA amid the allegations, including the United States and the UK. Number two. U.S. President Joe Biden declared on Sunday, January 28th, that the U.S., quote, shall respond following an overnight drone strike in northeast Jordan near the Syrian border that resulted in three American troops killed and dozens more injured. The attack occurred at Tower 22 near the Jordan-Syrian border and has significantly escalated the already precarious situation in the region. Officials indicate that the drone, believed to be launched by Iranian-backed militants, originated from Syria. U.S. Central Command officially confirmed the casualties in a statement on Sunday, January 28th, disclosing that three service members lost their lives and 25 others sustained injuries in the one-way drone attack that targeted a base in northeast Jordan. Biden attributed the attack to Iranian-backed militias, marking the first U.S. fatalities after months of strikes by such groups against American forces in the Middle East, coming after the initiation of the Israel-Hamas war. While visiting South Carolina, Biden called for a moment of silence during a public speaking appearance, acknowledging the loss of three brave souls and asserting, quote, and we shall respond. As U.S. officials work to definitively identify the responsible group, it is assessed that one of the several Iranian-backed groups was behind the attack. Biden stated in a written message that the U.S., quote, will hold all those responsible to account at a time and in a manner of our choosing. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin affirmed that the necessary actions would be taken to defend the United States, its troops, and its interests. 
The incident adds to a recent surge in attacks on U.S. and coalition forces in Iraq and Syria, with over 158 reported assaults as of Friday, January 26th. While air defenses have been generally effective in repelling pre previous attempts, it remains unclear why they failed to intercept the drone in this particular instance. Notably, this marks the first known attack on Tower 22 since hostilities began on October 17th, with U.S. forces stationed there for a, quote, advise and assist mission alongside Jordan. Number 3 The Biden administration announced on Friday, January 26th that it's putting a stop to the permitting process for several liquefied natural gas export terminal projects in the name of climate change. In a joint statement, the White House and Department of Energy, the DOE, said that the pause would occur while federal officials conduct a rigorous environmental review, assessing the project's carbon emissions, which could take more than a year to complete. American Exploration and Production Council CEO Anne Bradbury described the decision as, quote, nonsensical, pointing out that it, quote, simultaneously harms the U.S. economy, threatens the security of our allies around the world, and stymies global emissions reduction goals. The move does indeed sound nonsensical if you believe climate fanatics actually care about the environment, which they do not. Climate activists responsible for Friday's announcement wrapped their anti-energy policies and warnings about the destruction of humanity. Ironically, however, it is thanks to fossil fuels that climate-related disasters and deaths have been reduced by 99% compared to 100 years ago. Fossil fuels provide people with things like heating, air conditioning, durable buildings, and mass irrigation. On the other hand, the outright bans on fossil fuels pushed by environmentalists would leave humanity at the mercy of the elements, causing many more climate-related deaths. But that seems to be the goal. The environmentalists don't want Americans heating their homes with wood, coal, oil, propane, or natural gas. They don't want them heating their homes at all, because their actual goal is fewer humans in the world. This isn't a radical conspiracy theory, as environmentalists contend, because indeed, powerful climate activists don't reveal their true intentions just by promoting anti-humanist policies. They outright tell us that depopulation is their ultimate goal. In fact, environmentalist professor and World Economic Forum, the WEF lecturer, Dennis Meadows, outright says that 7 billion people in the world is, quote, too many. And he hopes for a peaceful extermination of 5 or 6 billion so that the rest can live in a cleaner, more green world. Men like Meadows, WEF founder and chairman Klaus Schwab, and BlackRock CEO Larry Fink aren't authentic climate activists who care about the planet or humanity. They preach about saving the planet by constantly flying to climate conferences on private jets and live in high-energy consuming mansions. These wealthy elites posing as environmentalists are the ultimate fraudsters. As a decade ago, they were promoting natural gas as a replacement for coal. Today, they've aimed their fire at natural gas. Likewise, Americans have been told that electric vehicles are the environmentally friendly replacement for gas-powered vehicles. However, today, they contend that they are opposed to all privately owned vehicles. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.